Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Our guest today is Charlie Neeson. Charlie is a recovery peer specialist at the Focus Unit at Essentia Health. Charlie, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Now, I understand you're also a co-author of a book. Yes. Yeah, tell us about that. It's called um, Becoming an Unstoppable Woman Entrepreneur. And at first when I was asked to be in the book, I was a little hesitant because I'm not an entrepreneur. In my eyes, I wasn't. But then I realized I was a life entrepreneur. And so I went with it. And in the book, um, I shared my story about my recovery and talk about um, some of the hardships, but also some of the things that I'm hoping to bring to the community. Very interesting. Uh, Is the book available locally? It is. Um, So you can find it at Walmart, Target, um, Walgreens, Amazon, and I also have copies as well. And there's a number of women in this book that tell different stories. Is that right? Yes. So um, they're all over the world. Um, There's some in Australia. There's some um, in Canada and the Philippines and then Las Vegas, Minnesota, Um, just kind of all over. And it was a group of women that got together to make a movement um, about being unstoppable and what that looks like and talking about their journey and their hardships to how how they have gotten where they are now. And some are, you know, very successful entrepreneurs and some are starting out like myself. And let's talk about, if you don't mind, you, you want to share your story about where you started or where you've come from to where you are right now. Yes. So... From a really young age, um, addiction was in my family. I didn't realize my family was different until I was about in sixth grade. And I realized not everybody went to uh, Brainerd, because I was from Little Falls, to see their parent at treatment. And so I had, um, my mom tried to make it as normal as possible. She would have a picnic. She would bring us up to see my dad. We'd go to family groups. And we were sitting in a family group at Um, the state hospital Aurora treatment and I was about 15 at the time and my dad's counselor said you know Charlie you have a lot of your dad in you and I thought well this is great my dad's fun he's wonderful he's just an all-around amazing person about two years later I realized what that meant I was going to be someone who struggled with addiction oh boy and so I was as a young age I was um, in and out of Treatment. I was in and out of uh, girls' boot camp, foster home, CMRDC, just trying to find my place in all the chaos. I got pregnant at a pretty young age. Um, I was in CMRDC when I found out. I was there from age 17 to 18. I got out on my 18th birthday, and at that time, I um, moved in with my then boyfriend here in Brainerd, and that's... I had my son. I remained sober my entire pregnancy. I had my son. And shortly after that, I was introduced to meth. And from that point, um, he told me it would help me lose weight. Mm. And it did. Oh, Oh, yeah. But it lost a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, My will to, you know, to parent, my housing, I became homeless. I asked uh, my son's grandparents to take him till I got on my feet. I didn't realize it would take six years. Wow. Yeah. So with addiction, there, you know, it was jail, treatments. Um, those are what preserved me. Jail and treatment saved me. Jail was a safe place. Like, I went to jail, 
and I was a star student. Just like when I was younger and would go to like lockups, um, boot camps, because it's like I knew what the rules were, I followed it, and I was a star student. But when I would get out, everything would fall apart. That's where the addiction part of it kicked back in. Yep, that behavior. It was like I didn't know how to just um, just be present. And, you know, it was like I didn't have boundaries as a child. Mm. And so learning boundaries was one of the most helpful things for me. Yeah. Where did you learn about boundaries? So I met a woman. Um, (laughs) I was... In the midst of a very, very hard child protection case, and I met this woman, and she walked in the room, and she just lit up a room. Her name is Kimberly Pilgrim, and she seen this Charlie. She saw the Charlie that was authentic, that wasn't stealing, that wasn't in and out of jail, all those things that you could read on a piece of paper. She seen this, and she invested, and she um, had a program called Meta 5 um, Resiliency Program, and it was a program that saved my life. Wow. And so where did it go from there? What was the progression once she lit up your life, basically? Then, so we were in a room um, full of, like, attorneys and um, social workers, guardian at litems, the whole process of a child protection case. Mm. And I would just kind of sit there and slump down, and they would talk about me like I wasn't even there. And Kim came in, and she walks in, and she slaps her hands on the table, and she said, do you know what the problem is here? And they're all, like, kind of jumped, like, no. And she goes, everybody forgot to tell Charlie how magnificent she is. And from that day, it was like, maybe there's some truth to this. Wow. And what age were you at that time? 22. I would love to say this is where I got sober and stayed sober, it's not, but I started building on that and realizing that um, there were other options and that I was valuable and I wasn't just a drug addict and I wasn't all these things on a piece of paper that um, I remember sitting in a meeting and the goal that the county had for me at that time was that I would work at a resort and clean hotels and then I would get um, unemployment, the other part of it, and apply for disability, and that was like the lifetime goal. And it was like, I, wow. I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you kind of become part of the system then, and it's almost like you throw your hands up. You do, and once you're in that system, you you feel like you're at their mercy, mm-hmm. and you have no voice. So my voice, I allowed it, but it was taken away for a long time, and Kimberly said, no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she helped me find that voice. And I wanted to um, help other people because obviously the system isn't bad. We need it in place. But there's some really big key players that help me. And there's people that weren't as helpful. And that's where breaking that stigma comes in. You know, I was a single poverty mother, uneducated. And so the thought of me being with my children just was, I don't feel reunification was the goal. Wow. Wow. So you finally realized you had this worth, that you're somebody. (laughs) Yes. Then what steps did you take? I went and got my GED. Good for you. I, um, so when I was in jail, I met this woman that was not very nice, but she was our teacher at the jail. 
And we would go from Crow Wing County Jail over to the annex and do all the studies. And I remember just looking, and the first sign I seen on her desk was, "Today isn't it, today's not your day, tomorrow doesn't look good, and I'm not promising next week. And I thought, wow, this is our teacher. Wow. Um, so <laughs> I was scared of her. And fast forward about three years later, I was introduced to her, and this is a woman that sat with me and Kim's program helped me and um, to get my GD. But Renee sat with me day in, day out. She helped me. She became one of the most amazing women in my life. And I got my GD, and we got to celebrate together. She kind of seems like she was an advocate for you eventually. She huh? was, and, and I found out later on she was struggling herself with things. You know, we don't know everyone's sure. story. See, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So got my GD. Um, started at Central Lakes College. Started working with Kim. She brought me to work every day with her to keep eyes on me. <laughs> That's okay, right? That is okay. Mm-hmm. And and I learned a lot. I was going for social work because I wanted to know there was a social worker that didn't just read it out of a book. Yeah. But that understood life experience. Mm-hmm. And I was um, going to school. I got a phone call about becoming a certified peer specialist. I dropped out of school. Um, went to a two-week course with DHS, started working at Northern Pines for 10 years, and um, became a mental health practitioner, a family peer specialist, and a recovery specialist. And I got a job offer at Essentia Health. Um, at first, I didn't know if I was going to take it. Mm-hmm. There Why? Was, because I had a daughter. Part of my story I remained sober with all my pregnancies, but I was going through a child protection case. And I had a daughter that was taken from me from the hospital. And I just, to me, it was like, how can I go every day and walk through those doors knowing something so traumatic happened? Yeah. But I did it. Mm-hmm. And I have an office, and I love and my it's office. Cute. And it's, I've seen it, and I open my door, and I have a window, and it's Charlie-fied. It's it's my space. And you are helping so many people, and your your role is very much helping people move from when when they're in for the treatment and the help. That when they leave, it's an easier transition than just tossing them out and you know here go figure it out now. Yes, and so I love my role. Um, I help resources is the main thing, resources I've had to use in the past. I ask questions. I get information. But also for our outpatient, I can go to meetings with them, AA meetings, NA meetings, help find sponsorship. I can give out my cell phone number so if they are struggling, they can reach out. It's a unique role. And so I've thought about going back to school for LADC, and I'm like, never been good with paperwork and I love what I do with being able to self-disclose and share and walk alongside of the people I support yeah and I just I don't know that I because I've been thinking about it and I'm like you know what this is if I wasn't doing the peer specialist I'd be a photographer I don't Mm -hmm. think I'd be at LADC yeah but the role that you play right now you're making a difference in people's lives and people who know you I'm assuming that they know you get it like you said they somebody gets it they understand me off the paper you know right. and all that stuff they get the real you and you probably can identify with the patients as well 
Yes. And I can. That's the part where it's like I don't forget where I came from. Mm-hmm. But I know with there's support out there. I know there's help out there and that I don't have to do it alone. And I don't ever have to go back there. I don't have to be homeless, sleeping under a bridge. That was one of my lowest points when I was like, do I go to this person's house and not know if I'm safe or do I sleep under this bridge? And that's when it was like, I want something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can probably see through any kind of, uh, what's a good word for it? <laughs> yes, when people yeah. are being less than honest <laughs> yes. uh, with you as uh, folks that are trying to get through re- recovery. Some some think they just go through this temporarily and then it's back to their old life. But <laughs> you see through that right away, don't you? Right. You have to change everything. Yeah. So Isn't that what they say? You only have to change one thing. It's what is everything. That? It's everything. It, it really is everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so lonely for the first six months. So my husband and I, um, we got sober together. Brandon is like the older twin. He has like eight hours longer sobriety than I do. He made a decision that he wanted a different life. And I was really angry at first because the thought of somebody taking that coping skill, not a good one, but that I have relied on for so long to escape reality, I was angry. Mm. And so... I had to go do research, is what I called it, one more time to make sure that I wanted something different. And um, Brandon and I just celebrated on February 12th, 16 years. Yay. Fantastic. Congratulations. Fantastic. Thank you. And you have a bunch of kiddos, too, right? I have seven children. So there's a lot of babies in my story. Um, My (laughs) oldest is 21. My youngest is three and very energetic. Um, Keeps you young, right, Charlie? (laughs) It it really does. Well, I don't know. Some days I feel really old. Um, Like today when I was getting everyone ready, I'm like, I'm too old for this. (laughs) (laughs) That's an amazing story. Amazing so, story. You know, we may have listeners out there right now that are maybe struggling. Yeah, struggling with whatever. What would you say to them? Um, if they're struggling, there's there's always support. There is so many programs. Crowing County is amazing. They in the last two years, I feel there's so many support programs. Go to a meeting. You're always welcome at a meeting. Um, give a call to Essentia, call the focus unit, call the crisis line, show up at the ER. You know, there's so many people that have been lost to addiction. Like, if there's any way to prevent that, you know, don't be ashamed to reach out. Just ask for help. Ask for help. Reach out to me if you have to. Find me on Facebook. Find me anywhere. I will, if I don't have the resource, I will find it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. The help is there. And it is the hardest step you'll probably ever take is like admitting like, okay, my life is not what I want it to be. It's not going to be easy. But once you do it, there's such a freedom that is hard to explain for those who haven't been through it. Right. You know, and I mean, it's it's a thing you're going to deal with. But, man, there is relief. There really is relief. There, There is. And then when you walk in, like I went to a meeting in Florida. I just showed up and went to a meeting in Florida, and I felt like I was with family. Mm -hmm. Like, these are my people. (laughs) You know, I don't want to be with a bunch of hoopty schmooze that don't understand anything. I want real people that can say, you know what, Charlie, I'm struggling. Or I can say, oh, my kids were horrible. The baby spilled baby oil all over himself. Um, You know, all these things where it's like we're just human on human terms. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. 
Um, I'd love to see the book. Uh, again, you said it's available locally. Yes, it is available locally. Um, like I said, Amazon. I have copies, and I brought you guys a copy to keep here. Oh, oh awesome. Wonderful. And what is the name of it again for our listeners? Becoming an Unstoppable Woman Entrepreneur. Oh, my Excellent. gosh. Give me the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it first. <laughs> Oh, well, Charlie, thank you so much for uh, first for what you do and for coming and being so open and sharing your story with us, because, you know, if it if it makes one person make that call or make a difference, uh, you've done it, you know, and I know you have made the difference in a lot of people's lives. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Charlie Neeson is our guest. She's a recovery peer specialist in the focus unit at Essentia Health. And uh, look for the book. It is, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, a fascinating read. Uh, Thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. And our Community Focus programs can be found on our website. Anytime to listen to, just go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. Ladies, we know what we want from our birth control. But what about what's in our birth control? That's why I chose the 100% hormone-free Paragard intrauterine copper contraceptive. It's the only birth control that uses just one simple active ingredient to prevent pregnancy over 99% of the time, with no hormones and no daily routines. Paragard is a small IUD that prevents pregnancy for up to 10 years using copper. Ready to get what you want? Talk to your healthcare provider to see if Paragard could be right for you. Don't use if you have a pelvic infection including PID, get infections easily, certain cancers, Wilson's disease, or a copper allergy. Pregnancy is rare but can be life-threatening and cause infertility or loss of pregnancy. Paragard may attach to or go through the uterus. Tell your healthcare provider if you miss a period, have abdominal pain, or it comes out. At first, periods may become heavier and longer with spotting in between. It won't protect against HIV or STDs. For product information or to learn more, visit Paragard.com.